What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 33 of Betting and Boozing on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, and what an unbelievable card we are covering for you guys today. Friday at Saratoga, including one grade two and one grade three, the Saratoga Oaks Invitational and the grade two Hall of Fame Stakes. It should be a great, great card as long as we can sit here and pray, pray the rain away. But hopefully, well, so we're going to be handicapping this card with the turf in mind, although we will touch on the also eligibles. It is something that is necessary when they're predicting 80% chance of rain on Friday and 50% chance of rain in the PM on Thursday should be after the races on Thursday. Tomorrow shouldn't be concerned, but Friday, sadly it is on the books, but guys, like I said, we're going to cover everything for you guys this week with all the festivities coming up with Whitney week as I'm still here in Wisconsin, but in probably about an hour's time, once this podcast is over, I'm driving home and immediately going to bed, hopefully, and getting on a flight tomorrow morning to fly to Saratoga. Again, if any of you are out there, please feel free to say hi. Myself, everyone on the podcast will be there all weekend except for Charlie Freeman. So if you see any of us out there, please do say hi. We would love to meet every single one of you guys. But um, for those of you that are new here or aren't, aren't new here but aren't subscribed yet not sure why you're subscribed you're already coming back for the videos anyway please go down below the video player hit the like button and hit subscribe we're gaining a lot more subscribers and a lot more support recently with the start of saratoga so to that we really thank you and we are very appreciative but it's always not enough so please go down there and smash that subscribe button we would really appreciate again as you can see scrolling on the bottom of the screen our next show is tomorrow for the flagship show it it might be taped so be on the lookout it might not be live but uh, hit that notification bell down below next to the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any uploads that we have. But it will be covering the Whitney Saturday Late Pick 5 at Saratoga. Trust me, guys, you won't want to miss that, highlighting horses like Cody's Wish. And I'm so excited to get to see that horse run again. This will be the third time I get to see this horse run in person. And every time he just gets better and better. And with him trying the longer distance for the first time should be a hell of a matchup but guys if you're more of an audio listener and you prefer although i would highly recommend coming to our youtube channel as you get all the visuals all the pps all the time but if you're more of an audio listener whether you're at the gym at work whatever apple podcast spotify and anchor is where we post every single show that pops up on the hhh racing podcast youtube channel whether it's betting and boozing the flagship show or anything in between again apple podcast spotify and anchor the power picks guys $15.99 a month, only $4 a weekend. You get two tracks, full grids, every single uh, full grids, price plays, everything above. Uh, we have an over 2.34 ROI. If you're miss, if you don't know, over anything over $2 is a profit. If you don't subscribe yet, you are missing out for the very cheap price of $4 a weekend. Again, patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast. It is also in the description below. And again, we also have Saratoga only power picks. Um, sadly, uh, actually, if you if you subscri uh, subscribe through our website, it's through PayPal. You'll send money directly to Howard. It'll put you on the list and send you out all the necessary tools you'll need. But um, you can also buy this weekend still. You, you have to get there very quick by tonight or go by um, tomorrow or tomorrow. By next week, next Thursday, you guys will can subscribe for the next week, and we do it every single weekend for Saratoga. It's $14.99 if you're a current normal PowerPix subscriber and $19.99 
for three cards that only comes out to about seven dollars a card if you're a non-power pick subscriber would highly highly recommend it and again for everything about us about the power picks anything like that hhhracingpodcast.com the link is also in the description below guys we're not going to waste any more of your time here i'm going to go over some comments real quick as soon as i bring up my co-hosts and one of them is seven out but of course we have our great stand-in that you all know and love from but first from the east coast new jersey who i will see in less than 24 hours patrick Kunsel, and from the west coast our brilliant new co-host of the podcast noah maher boys what's going on excited to get up to saratoga how are we doing fellas you're you're telling me, Patrick. I I even got Saratoga. I got the Saratoga Springs hat on, dude. I'm I'm all go for Saratoga right now. I cannot wait to uh, to be a part of it. But guys, like I said, we're gonna go over the chat real quick, and then we're gonna get into it pretty quickly here because we cannot waste any more time. Is I don't want to be driving, frankly, at twelve thirty. So we'll try and get her going here real quick. Uh, Katie is here. Katie, thanks so much for joining the show. Richard Avalar's here. I'm doing great, Richard. Thanks so much for doing the show, man. Happy Whitney Week to you as well. One to two is the price that was drawn for Cody's Wish. We drew the outside six post in a six-horse field in the Whitney, which I really like that he drew the outside. But obviously, I'll leave that to the boys tomorrow to cover the Whitney card. Steven Vanderbrook's here. Smash the like button. Absolutely. If you guys have not yet, please smash that like button. It really helps us out. Terry Frank is here. Thank you so much. We, me and Patrick, well, def, it's not Patrick's first time. It's my first time to Saratoga. I will gladly, definitely enjoy it. Um, and I'll post everything on Twitter every single day. It'll be a ton of fun. Derek Poye is here. I will be at the track tomorrow on Friday, so looking forward. Hey, you don't have to buy me a beverage, Derek, but I greatly appreciate it. Um, we're going to have a ton of fun. I can't wait to meet all of you guys. I met a few of you at uh, Horseshoe Indy when I went out there, but this is shaping up to be a much bigger outing than uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis. So Derek and to all the other ones, I cannot wait to meet you guys there. And uh, Richard Avalar says, my elite power had to dig down to beat your gun. He was my only single. It was a birthday present to Bullmott. And oh, Richard, don't even bring up last week, man. Mm-hmm. Between Gunnite and then um, who else? Oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, uh, Jim Dandy. Yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Angel of Empire. It, uh, no, uh, Saudi uh, Saudi Crown getting nosed out by Forte. Just a, just a whole week of necks and noses for me. It was hopefully that I got all the bad luck out last week, and we can only hit it hard this weekend at Saratoga. Jim Polars is here. Bet, bedding and snoozing is actually really good, Jim. I really like that. Sadly, there's no bedding and snoozing tonight as he is not here. That boss is here. What's up, boys? Made a great run at the pick six today. Absolutely going to be epic this weekend. We all had a piece of that pick six. Just couldn't get home in the last leg when that 10 to 1 came home. Simon O'Neill is here, my friend. Thanks so much for joining from the uh, from across the pond in the UK. And talk about, uh, you want to talk about horses in the UK and Ireland. Um, Paddington was another horse I ran today and absolutely ran the lights out of that field and a really hard-fought victory. But he is going to be a monster. Would love to see if he can come over for the Breeders' Cup, although I think it's highly unlikely. But, guys, we are going to get into the pick five right right now. We're not going to waste any more of your time as we move into the weekend. It actually, the start of the pick five on Friday starts with a grade three, guys. It is going to be an absolutely great start to your pick five. And even if it does rain, they most likely will keep these races on the turf, which is something to keep in mind. But it is a beautiful field of 11, most likely 10, 
the number 10 Aspen Grove on Twitter. If you didn't see David Grenning tweeted Aspen Grove, winner of the Belmont Oaks is expected from, to scratch from Friday, Saratoga Oaks to run in the Saturday, Saturday Saratoga Derby. So that is something that came out on Twitter. Keep an eye out for the number 10 Aspen Grove who won the Belmont Oaks last time out, most likely to scratch and run on Saturday, but that still leaves us with a great field of 10 guys. And I'm bringing up the picks right now and you'll see, I have the 10 in there in second, but if she doesn't run, I will insert the two in there. Anyway, Patrick and I have the same top pick. We are going with the number three elusive princess who actually ends up being the morning light favorite, which I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit interested in that. What that, um, she gets the call for the morning light favorite, although I can definitely see it. And Noah being the odd man outs going with, the what doesn't look like the American invader, uh, the American home, but it is uh, the American home team. What did you like most about Selenia with uh, Irad up? Yeah, so this nine horse, um, I'm thinking that race last time uh, was definitely a bit more uh, visually impressive rather than on paper. She, she got a decent 86. Um, she made a strong little move and kind of sustained that bid. And then the 16th pull, um, Joe Bravo kind of wrapped her up. So I think she had a little more in the tank. Um, although that field didn't necessarily seem all that strong. You, you got Irad hopping on and um, uh, Jonathan Thomas has had a couple run, uh, horses run at Del Mar uh, in the summer meet. Um, so the fact that he does ship back up to New York, I feel like he's got a lot of confidence in this filly. Yeah, I definitely agree with you as I have this horse in third. Patrick doesn't have, uh, doesn't have her anywhere, but Selenia I think is extremely interesting. I agree with you. I think the last race is more visually impressive than anything, although I'm not sure who she beat that day, but she seems to get a good trip in this spot. She's going to be tactical, put in on the outside of the nine hole, and Irad is going to most likely get a beautiful trip. Whether she's good enough is definitely the question, but I think there's a lot of upside to this filly. And if she has any type of improvement off of that last race at Santa Anita shipping, like you said, out to New York this time, I think she's very interesting for a low 90s buyer, which could be good enough to win in this spot. Patrick, you and I have the number three in first. It is Elusive Princess for Jean-Philippe Dubois and Flavian Pratt, who picks up the mount. Second in a group one at Longchamp in May. I mean, you know, there's and really bet down in that spot too. There's a lot of things to like about this Philly, including the high figures. Yeah. And that's the thing um, with um, coming, you know, them coming across the pond, you know, I like to look if the horse was bet and, you know, situations like that, what group of a race this was in. And like you hit, like you hit on, you know, this horse has been bet in these races, which, you know, is a telltale sign. I mean, that this horse is a good one. And in a race where, you know, you have the horses that are coming out of, you know, big races, but you know, some are, just wins that are, are they that impressive against a horse like elusive princess, who I think could be a, could be a good one in a spot where, um, you know, how much speed is there in this race? The horse has shown to have some sort of speed. Um, and Pratt picks up at the mount, which is always interesting. Um, when he could have, he had other options. Oh, absolutely. He had other options. And the fact that actually Ellen J Foxwoods has the majority piece of this horse, which I thought was yep. also very interesting. I mean, look, she ran a Diane last time. She was fifth, but I mean, that's one of the premier races in the summer meet at Longchamp. So I'm very interested in this filly coming over to the States. I know she doesn't have a work, which um, is, a tell, is one of the things that people like to dismiss about fillies like this. But that 103 time form rating usually take about 15 points off to the buyer figure. That's an 88 buyer. If she shows any improvement over here in the States, 
a low 90s, like I said before, is definitely good enough to win this race in this spot. As, but there are other Phillies that can be in the mix. And uh, Noah, you have the you have Jagira in third. Patrick, excuse me, you have her in second. Uh, Patrick, I'll let you finish off here with your two, and then uh, Noah, I'll let you add on anything that uh, he missed. Yeah, so Zagira, you know, a horse that's been bet in the past two starts and has shown up and won and beat a Heavenly Sunday who is won the Edgewood uh, a while back. But I just, you know, if this, I, you got to watch the board with this horse because if this horse is being bet, it's a telltale sign that she's going to run big. Um, and a uh, big fan of Phil Bauer. Uh, Leperu, you know, he's been quiet, but, you know, he when he picks up a mount on the turf, you always have to be interested so I think Zagira might surprise, and it could be a price, but definitely watch the board. And then uh, Papa Leo uh, from yeah. Marcassi and Castellano. Uh, this horse is going to make a, a run late, uh, depending on you know how the pace sets up for him. Uh, you know, Cassie's always Heard under the radar. What did you say? Heard take a drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she uh, Cassie's always under the radar in these types of races, so we'll see. Uh, but I think at a square price, this horse could come up big too. Yeah, a lot of, with a lot of these American fillies, um, a lot of them have to improve numbers wise. Um, a, like a low mid eighties is what a lot of these fillies are running right now, and they don't seem to be improving. Like Papilio has, uh, which is one of Howard's daughters, as they call it, um, out of Star Spangled Banner, which is um, a great horse that I always make fun of because Star Spangled Banner, but Australia that was a horse I raced in Australia. Um, she ran really well in the in these previous races, especially in the Appalachian where she won, beating Cairo Consort and Heavily Sunday. I just don't know if she's necessarily has the kick to be able to improve. She kind of like mellows out at that 84 range, which in my opinion, it's just not what I really want in this spot. I'd rather have a horse that has a little more upside, but which is kind of what I'm thinking about Shigira, although she does seem really slow on paper, Noah. Um yeah, with Shigera, I the concern for me was definitely the she hasn't quite gone the mile in three sixteens. Um, the thing that that kind of put me to put her in third um, was the fact that she has run well at Saratoga, and uh, last time she did prove that she could win on a on a good surface, which we might have on Friday. Yeah, and um, I do think she she has no problem to deal with the wet. Like I said, I just think she might be a little slow on paper. She's a very nice filly out of. Um, a monster in Arlington legend, uh, the mayor, uh, the dam's black tie affair affiliated, which I always love to see. But like I said, she's going to be tactical, which is another thing I really like. It's just a matter of, I don't know if she's good enough in this spot. And the last horse I want to talk about real quick um, is the number is the number 10 Aspen Grove. She does draw into this spot. She does look a little slow on paper, although that was first off the ship. I think the distance is absolutely no problem, which is actually really interesting out of ju- out of a justify uh, Philly. But I think with Ocean Murphy riding this horse, especially the way he did last time, last time they ran into a 50 and two half mile, which is extremely slow, even for the mile and a quarter distance. If she has any type of pace in front of her, I think she could be extremely interesting. And even if she draws into the Saratoga Derby tomorrow or tomorrow, Saturday, I think she is extremely interesting in that spot as well. But I'm going three two nine. Patrick's going three four seven, and Noah's going nine three four. Guys, switching over the PPs, going to race number eight, which happens to be the Hall of Fame stakes. As we go into 
um, straight into grade grade three, then grade two to start this pick five. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, Equibase thinks it's funny to refresh on me. Um, but it draws a, f- a full field of 10 into the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame stakes is the full uh, the full name for it, with the morning line favorite being a pretty lukewarm favorite in the number seven, Nazarok for Manny Franco and uh, Motion, with second choice being number one more than looks for Cherie DeVoe on the inside and all the way to the outside for the 92 third choice, Carl Spackler. Still love that horse for his, uh, his Caddyshack reference. But switching over the picks right now, you'll see two of us are going with the number 10, Carl Spackler, and there is one to the inside going with the morning light favorite, the number seven, Nasrock. Patrick, the floor is yours. Yeah, listen, um, Nagarok got caught in a t- uh, tough duel uh, with Talk of the Nation in the Manila. Uh, I think got the worst of it. Um, and that was the race that more than looks ended up winning. Um, horse has been working tremendously as of late, you know, reading the workout reports and stuff like that. And I, you know, I just expect to bounce back. Graham Motion has always talked about this horse and like Nagarok. Um, Little Red Feather Racing and Madikit, uh, you know, you hear them in interviews and stuff like that talk about the horse, you know, especially when it won a Pimlico on the uh, undercard of um, the uh, Preakness. I, I've just been a big fan of Nagarok. And I think in this race, man, I don't, you know, people are going to say, you know, Pratt comes off. Yeah, you can make the case, but I, I think Manny will do just fine with Nagarok in this spot. And it's more of the, I look to other horses more than looks, you know, who I have in second, got a perfect, perfect trip in that last race, you know, can easily win if it sets up again. But it's just one of those spots where, you know, the horse, it was the, the horse just had, you know, took advantage of what was offered. So, and then Carl Spackler, who, you know, I wanted to put there, but that outside post just kills me. So I'll, I'll let you guys talk about Carl Spackler and why you like him, but I, the outside post kills me. I, I mean, I get it. Noah, the floor is yours first, my friend. Uh, Carl Spackler absolutely working bullet after bullet after bullet on the Oklahoma track. Chad Brown has him geared up for the spot, and I think um, I won't give away my uh, I won't give away my stuff too early. But what do you like about Carl Spackler? Yeah, you're you're definitely right. He has been working like a monster on that on that Saratoga turf. Um, yeah, and that in that last race, uh, he was favored against an ultra tough field and then American turf uh, down at Churchill. Um, but I just I'm kind of going on a limb, and I feel like you have to expect a similar performance to those ones down in South Florida. And you get Tyler G, who's been pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, especially you know lately, right, where he's you know gotten three wins on the card earlier early last week, and now he's got you know he's picking up steam. As they say, this American turf, guys, is just one of those races that, uh, speaking of Otago, shout out, by the way, love my big man, but uh, Web Slinger, Far Bridge, Major Dune, Mostache, Behind Enemy Lines, Carl Spackler, Mendelssohn's March, just to name a few horses, which end up being the top younger horses in the turf division. I mean, this race was just absolutely, um, just absolutely live and not to mention Carl Spackler, Matthew Trimmer is taking the words out of my mouth, but he got, he did get a ridiculous trip in the America turf, got stuck inside and just kind of net. He was always in between, never really got comfortable. Um, Matt says that he got a little bit sick, which obviously, which would signify why we haven't seen him since May, but the bullets make me think that he's completely fresh as Matthew touched on as well. Chad Brown brings him back into this grade two spot where he didn't think 
one, if he wasn't good enough, he wouldn't put him here. And two, if he wasn't ready, he wouldn't put him here. I think Carl Spackerel is extremely interesting, and I'm I'm just clasping my hands together and just praying that we get nine to two on this horse because if be we do, yeah, he probably will be. But if we get <laughs> if we get third choice, I will be firing um, on this horse come Friday as Patrick will be there to see it in person. My my quote unquote firing. But as Patrick touched on, Noah, we actually have the same exact pits. I'll let you touch on more than looks as well. Patrick already touched on him a little bit. But he did get a perfect trip, but did it very well last time. Yeah, more than looks, uh, he just keeps get, getting better and better. Um, I think from that one hole, he's got a lot of potential to save ground and have a have a similar trip, just kind of make one run. Um, and I, I just put him in second because I, I feel like anything close to that number gives him a real shot. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Beating horses like Talk of the Nation, who's a very nice turf, Colts with Nagarok coming behind him, whether – I don't know if he'll be that far back, even though his uh, PPs tend to signify that. He was off a little bit slow, but I think from the rail, uh, Johnny V is just going to take back, be able to, as long as he gets some room to tip out to the outside and puts in a run, I think if this horse gets anywhere near the 94, I agree with you, No, I think this horse is extremely interesting in this spot. Not to mention the Manila was another horse, another race that looked very good on paper. Major Dude obviously, who won the Penn Mile, third in the American Turf, second in the Jeff Ruby. Talk of the nation, as I touched on, uh, night at multiple 90 buyers, and then Nagarok, who we touched about. Just another live field for more than looks, and if he continues to improve, definitely interesting in this spot. And, Patrick, I'll let you finish off here. Uh, Appraise is, a, is the other Chad, realistically, in this spot. Uh, Flavian Pratt gets the call for this one after a very nice N1X win last time out. Yeah, and that was the whole thing. That was a very impressive win last time out. Uh, just feel like this horse is ready to improve again. Uh, you know, those typical connections of Chad and Klarovich stables, you know, winning an allowance race and stepping right up in class and having the horse improve, you know, again. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where this horse is going to sit pace-wise because there could be a lot. Um, so we'll mm-hmm. see, but we'll definitely learn a lot about how good this horse is uh, early on in the race to see uh, if this horse can show that it's, that it's improvements there. I mean, absolutely. Obviously, Woodbine, I believe, is also a one-turn mile So yeah. on the turf because their turf course is absolutely massive. Belmont's a one. So this will be the horse's first time uh, going around two turns, and we'll definitely need to, we'll need to improve a little bit based on the figures alone. But Chad puts him up into this spot. Flavian gets the mount, who's uh, uh, basically Chad's second call now. So I think Appraise definitely has a lot of upside. It's just a matter of can he get the two turns. So I don't disagree with you by any means, Patrick. I'm going 10-1-7. So is and Noah's also going 10-1-7, and Patrick is going 7-1-3. Guys, switching over to away, sadly, from the stakes races on the yeah. card, but moving into a very nice – uh, $95,000 N1X going seven furlongs on the dirt draws another nice field of nine in this spot. And this one still very lukewarm favorites is another thing. That's in the, a big thing in the sequence is we've had two, seven to two favorites. And now we have a, a four to our three to one favorite, excuse me. And the number three, big bean Christine for Dylan Davis and a very, uh, a very good friend of the podcast, Ray handle as I switch over the picks right now. I was actually expecting – I was honestly expecting every single one of us 
to go with Big B and Christine. But Patrick, my friend, went against the grain. Noah is with me on the number three. But the number six, Chasing Daylight, Flavian Pratt, Jorge Abreu, Patrick, at at a nice price of eight to one. Yeah, I can't wait to get up there and, you know, Ray Handel tell us that his three has a, a huge shot to win and I just get burned. But um, no, Chasing Daylight, you know, I really like the cutback and distance uh, for this horse, you know, is going to have to improve. You know, these buyers are not going to, you know, a 56, 55 and a 48 in the last three are not going to cut it with, for this horse. Um, you know, one on debut. Um, it is a step up in class. There's no denying that. Um, you know, and the horse lost by 12 lengths last time out. Uh, but, you know, into happiness who, um, you know, that was on uh, who ended up winning, actually, on opening day. And that's the Mark Henning horse that came from deep. So I, I think this horse is going to improve uh, for Jorge Abreu and Pratt. Uh, I just th- this field just had me look in other places. And I feel like just the cutback, which I always like to go back to, um, fits this horse and should benefit. I agree with you. I being that this is a little bit of a cutback to one turn to the seven, I think this horse is much more suited for the one turn. Um, it's just a matter or a little bit short on the one turn. It's just a matter of there is a lot of other pace in this race. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if she doesn't get to the front, she really doesn't like to pass. I mean, you can argue she passed last race, but still lost by 12 and a quarter. So I usually like to look at that and just um, – and look, look at what Power just says in the chat here, Patrick. Already getting it. I saw Big Bean Christine in the handlebar today. The horse told me she's ready to run. <laughs> Actually, I like that she was sleeping. Bet against. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, sleeping. Yeah, resting. Why would you rest for a big race on Friday? No, I'm just kidding. But I look, Chasing Daylight, the one thing to like is the cutback for sure. And Noah, I'll turn it over to you because uh, you also have this horse in third. But is that also part of your thinking for Chasing Daylight? Yeah, it was it – was- Simply a cutback ankle. I think the cutback is going to be huge. Um, the only problem would be uh, uh, she kind of faltered as the favorite in the last two starts, um, but she was facing open company, and today she's facing New York Reds. That that is true. That's another thing. You know, this you look at it as a step up in, in class, right? From a twenty-five to a forty claimer to an, an allowance ninety-five, but it comes down to um, it comes down to it. She's now facing state bred company, where she could fit a lot more and maybe shows a little bit of improvement. Howard says, smash the like button. Yeah, why are we only at 14 likes? Nope, 17 likes now, guys. Keep it coming, guys. Just to, that'll help. That really helps the podcast and push it out to a lot more people. So if you hit the like button, we'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. But Noah, you and I both have the number three on top. Patrick has Big Green Christine in third. That I really like that last race from her, being able to rate a little bit off the pace, which – there seems to be a lot of in this space and not blow by necessarily, but was able to grind them down. Yeah. Um, since being claimed by Ray Handel, Big Bean, uh, Big Bean Christine um, has definitely become a much better animal with the 73 and the 75. I think those kind of stand out in this field. Um, one thing to note is she is 0 for 5 on a fast dirt, yeah. but 3 for 11 on the win end and 9 for 11 in the money on the wet. Um, so I'm kind of banking on the fact that there's going to be a little bit of moisture in that in that dirt. Well, I'll tell you what, it would help her, right? But the other thing, Matthew brings it up also in the chat, is that her three lifetime wins came on off racetracks. The only thing for me, Matthew, is in this spot, it just seems like this spot came up really light for Big Bean Christine, just based figures alone and pace structure. I think she just sits a really nice trip in this spot, and if she's able to run that mid-70s buyer, I think that could be definitely good enough to win in this spot. I don't necessarily think there's many tough competitors 
in this field, which, but your point is completely taken. And I definitely took it into consideration as well. I would definitely have her on your ticket anyway, but definitely upgraded if it does come up uh, with bad weather on Friday. But uh, Patrick, I'll turn it over to you. We all have the same type of picks, but the number seven is the only one we haven't talked about yet um, is Timely Conquest from Mark Hennig and John Velasquez. A really nice maiden win out, although the pace does seem to help her. If she gets out a little bit quicker, she could be pretty live here. Yeah, as, you know, that was a uh, a buddy track at Belmont. Watching that replay, the horse came from the clouds. Um, very fast pace. Hennig has been off to a very good start and winning with prices uh, up at Saratoga. So this horse won a 22 to 1 on debut. Um, you know, watch the board. The horse is 4 to 1 morning line. If they're going to bet this horse second time out, then this horse looks like could run a big race. Um, but, you know, this is just a tough field. And um, this is one of those where I do believe you have to watch the board to see, uh, you know, who's getting bet. Yeah. And it's this it's a very um, odd race because there's like Matt said, there's no world beaters. There's no like horses that stand out necessarily. So I was really looking for horses with upside. Timely Conquest definitely fits that bill. No, I'm sure you thought the same exact thing, although the pace helped her out. I mean, coming off of a maiden state bred win at Belmont, now into a state bred allowance at Saratoga, they're pretty comparable in my eyes. Yeah, after that, after that pretty big performance, I feel like Hennig and his connections are probably looking for the track to come up a little bit money. Um, but yeah, you guys definitely hit the nail on the head. She or yeah, she uh, pretty much got a perfect setup last time. Um, and yeah, Henning doesn't necessarily crank his horses first time out, which is probably why she was almost twenty three to one. Yeah, and at that point, I don't think Henning was having a very good Belmont meet either. So the fact that uh, he was able to have uh, timely conquests ready and ready to go, and now. She she has a bunch of she has two works over the Saratoga track. Hennig looks like he's pointing to this N1X and going seven furlongs just a little bit longer. I don't think hurts timely conquest at all. So I think if you're looking for upside in this field, the number seven definitely fits the bill. And the only other one that we haven't talked about is Big Hazel, who I have in third. This is another one that I kind of didn't know what to do with. She looks to be like somewhat of a factor of the early pace, but then there's other other races like that one mile at one turn mile at Belmont, where she was able to rate and beat horses at eighteen to one, like Ichiban. Ichiban came back. Uh, granted, one it ran a sixty two at Saratoga, going longer, but uh, was able to win an N one X state bred, which is exactly what this is, just a different distance. So I think. The turn back for Big Hazel definitely fits. Tried her out in mile and an eighth N1X last time out, although Donk is cold. Hopefully it turns around with Big Hazel. I think she's got a massive shot on the turn back and being able to raid a little bit off of a bunch of early speed in this spot. I'm going 3.78. Patrick's going 6.73. And Noah's going 3.76. Boys, we're cruising along here. We're all pretty around the same horses today so we're actually gotta go to bed early gotta get up that's i gotta go man you know <laughs> that's the way it goes i gotta get i gotta get my beauty sleep for tomorrow but um the next race scrolling on equibase because again it continues to refresh me race number 10 is the claiming thirty-five thousand, going uh five and a half furlongs on the turf our favorite races turf sprint claiming races draws actually a really full field of 11 with three mtos so the mtos this is the first race really with main track only as the 
the even if it does rain, the turf races most uh, the turf stakes most likely won't get taken off anyway. So this is the first race that we'll actually talk about the MTOs, and I know Noah's got some good opinions on them as well. As I switch over the picks right now, and again, guys, we're we're all around the same type. Actually, we all have different horses on top, but we're all around the same. Try the box, line, yeah, try box. There you go. That's a great way. The user money. No, I'm kidding. But the morning line favorite is number one, Detroit City off the drop for Jack Sisterson, Louis Size. Second choice is the number six, Deep Cover for Tom for Tom Morley and Javier Castellano. And then there's three other horses at six to one, being the four, nine, and eleven. And Patch, uh, Noah, I'll go to you first here. The number four foliage uh, with Tyler Gaffleone and Joe Sharp is who you're going with in the spot. Yeah, I didn't have a strong opinion in this race, um, but I kind of lean towards foliage. Um, uh, turf sprinting seems to be his specialty. Uh, I think the, the cutback from a mile to five and a half will definitely benefit him stamina-wise. Uh, I do like the uh, maintenance work over the Saratoga Turf course on July 28th. Um, and then a little side note for me, I kind of give a slight nod to the horses that have uh, had a race over the current circles. Yeah, I mean, which is something that, Although this was at a mile earlier in this meet, but losing to my C Cottage, who came out and won an, and didn't win next time out, but ran really well. So I think foliage for having Galileo breeding as well. Joe Sharp trains finally got another winner. Hopefully he catches a little bit of fire with foliage back, even off the back, the drop down back to the claiming level at turf sprints, which I wear. Uh, he, I think he's definitely dangerous as i have the i actually don't have the horse anywhere but foliage is definitely one to consider no patrick you have the morning lane favorite on top number one detroit city jack sisterson louis size coming off of a big n1x at keeneland where didn't do a whole lot of running but ran against some really nice horses yeah ran against some really nice horses and i honestly think looking at those two um previous two races has some excuses the way the horse got out a couple things that happened within the race um, and I expect Sias in this spot to get this horse out of the out of the gate, and you know, you know, don't hold back. You know, if this horse wants to go, go. Um, you know, Louis is very good with that. Um, you know, tactics wise, if he's got a horse that he thinks can get out to the lead, he he will do it. And I think in this spot on the rail, you have to do that. And I expect yeah. this horse to uh, run back to its uh, buyer speed figures of seventy nine, and you know, upwards into the eighties and nineties. My only thing with Detroit City, I have the horse in second. First time gelded coming off a big drop. I had to use this horse. But Detroit City almost seems like he was a lot better on synthetic, even though he ran that 86 at Santa Anita last year. I mean, his two highest buyers, 90 and 92, came running on the Goldstream Park Tapita sprinting. I think the the very short distance of five, five and a half is where this horse wants to be. And maybe they put him at 35 where he's most likely to win, but really hasn't shown anything since that last year at Santa Anita. And there's really only been that those two numbers, one at Pimlico going five for longs and one at Santa Anita going six. So I think Detroit City is a must use in this spot, although I'd be wary at most likely who's going to be a pretty decent favorite coming off that big drop from Allowance Company. But um, I have the number six on top who I'll, I'll let you I'll let uh Noah go through and touch on anything we needed. We didn't touch on with the other two and then Patrick will let you finish up our right, uh, Patrick. I'll let you go first after me and then Noah, because Noah wants to talk about some of the, I want him to talk about some of the MTOs, but I have the number six deep cover 
in first coming off last time out avoided claim uh last time out going six furlongs on the belmont turf getting third by two and a quarter to marathoner and eddie the great who are decent new york horses just it comes down to it where i think this horse just has enough speed to be there but doesn't necessarily need the lead um I think he'll if he does get the lead on the outside, I think he does his best running there. But he's shown that he can rate before, especially last year at Saratoga. Second off the layoff is the thing that I really liked. Um, keeping him at the 35,000 level, I think he can definitely be very interesting just sitting off the speed. Uh, Patrick, I'll let you touch on any of the any of the angles that I didn't touch on necessarily with the other two, but um, and then we'll move on to Noah. Yeah, just the six. Um, and you, I mean, honestly, you did hit on it. Uh, the tactical speed with this horse, with Castellano and Morley, uh, you know, it is there. And uh, this horse, you know, can run a buyer speed figure in the 70s and w- could win this race. So uh, I, I do understand what you're coming from with um, deep cover and uh, how this horse could sit off the pace, even though it does show um, early uh, speed. Yeah, and that's uh, from the six hole. I really like that he shows a little bit of tactical speed, especially in these claimers. I'd rather have horses towards the front, as a lot of them don't necessarily like to pass too much. So, getting horses to jump out to the lead, especially in these shorter distance races, I definitely lean towards. Lean towards. But Noah, you're getting love in the chat. I'll go over real quick, and I'll let you f- finish up here. I uh, he said no, racing downwind says nice run in the pick six at Del Mar. If you don't follow Noah on Twitter, he posted a pretty decent seventy-one dollar pick six that came down what to the last leg, Noah, or was it? The- uh, I got knocked out in the fifth leg by fifth leg. by uh, JJ Hernandez and Peter Miller, which was probably a mistake. Um, <laughs> but I had a nine to one as my top pick in the second race, and I was looking good for a while, but couldn't quite do it. I mean, dude, it's deja vu because that's exactly what we ended up having uh, today at Saratoga. But you have, like I said, you have the same exact horse as I do. Touch on anything you need to touch on with um, with the horses we've covered or move on to the MTOs that I know you have some decent opinions. Yeah, I if the if the if the race does come off the turf, um, the 12 is definitely worth a look. Um, seems to be a must use if off the turf. Uh Last race beat two next up winners at Keeneland uh, in the first time gelding, um, and then a double voided claim, which is which is uh, pretty interesting. Um, another one I looked at was the seven, who's actually entered in the turf or entered in the turf, yeah, um, but has the most dirt experience and has run uh, some decent numbers, run an eight or ran an eighty, uh, going seven furlongs at Keelan and Keeneland in the spring. Um, and then the 14 I, I had as my kind of third pick uh, for the for the race coming off the turf uh, has run some decent numbers. Uh, I can't say I know much about uh, Shane Myers, uh, but he is firing at 19 percent. So worth a look. Yeah. And he's uh, he's more of an East Coast trainer, kind of like uh, thistle down area type of trainer. So he definitely wins nice out there. It's just a matter of these all these MTOs. I would most likely lean towards 12, 14. But the MTOs obviously are always worth a look, especially if this race rains off the grass. But this is definitely this is a really tough race, at least what I thought, even though our picks are so similar. This is a race you definitely, in my opinion, would need to spread in as I think you can go a little bit um, skinnier in some of the earlier races. But I'm going 615. Patrick's going 164 and Noah's going 416. Obviously, this is intended to we have the picks intended to stay on the grass but guys the last race 
in the weekends is the 11th race on the card. It is a starter allowance, 50,000, going a mile and three-eighths on the inner turf course. Draws another full field of 10 with two also eligibles and two MTOs in this spot. The MTOs are both for Linda Rice, which you definitely need to keep an eye on. Although, if you don't know, um, she started out the year extremely hot and now has been over her last 14 or 15. I don't know the exact number, but she she's she's been on a very on a cold streak after her very hot start to the meet. But as I switch over the picks right now, we this is finally one race where we are at least a little bit all over the place. Not necessarily. Patrick and I both have the number nine unleash the power on top who ends up being the morning line favorite at three to one but the second choice is the number six shinsun for Car- kendra carmouche and barclay tag and then the number four forwardly for tyler gaff and chad brown comes out to be your third choice patrick and i are both going again with the number nine noah you are going against the grain here with the number three suerte manny franco mike maker a Beautiful 10 to 1 price on your top pick. Yeah, it could be a chalk eating weasel. I mean, I had to pick somebody. So uh mm-hmm. yeah, I, I actually liked Suerte. I was I was kind of surprised um that uh I was kind of surprised that he was actually 10 to 1. Um he was a favorite, um, part of a hot pace last time. Uh I'm just kind of banking on the fact that Michael Maker tends to do really well when he gets these horses and he kind of stretches them out and gets them to go these long marathon uh, turf races. Um, I think he's got some upside, um, but at a price, I think he's going to be on the lead. Uh, maybe he sticks around. I mean, the definite, it definitely looks like the, the horse that's going to be near. There's not a whole lot of pace in this race. So being a horse that's going to send from the inside for maker, taking him to this marathon distance, I think is extremely interesting. Um, Mer- Michael Maker off of like over 500 starts, he's 15% off the trainer switch from Owen Hardy, who, um, as you can see, the breeder for Godolphin. So, this must have been a private sale of some kind coming off of that last Indy allowance. So, I'm very interested also in the number three Suerte, especially if that price is anywhere near 10 to one, although it wouldn't be on my top line. Patrick, you and I have the number nine horse in first, Noah has the number nine horse in second. Unleash the power, Al Stahl, Louis Saez. The numbers fit. The pace scenario for the horse fits. And I think this horse is extremely interesting. Yeah. Uh, the level of this race fits for this horse. This is the level this horse should be running at, I believe. Um, speed, this horse has it. Um, it could be utilized in this spot with, like you said, Kyle, not much of it that we believe is there. Um, the only thing that scares me is this horse just doesn't seem like the winner's circle yep. of late. Um but it has the speed figures to um, show up in this spot and get a win. Um, and is bet at this level has been bet as, um, you know, second or third choice. So I look for this horse to um, get a good trip on or near the lead and uh, hopefully uh, be a square price. There's a few things I like about Unleash the Power. I like that Saez stays on. Saez is one of the most aggressive riders on the circuit, probably in the U.S. He rides his horses to the wire. I think... I know this horse just seems like a second nightist type of doesn't mm-hmm. like the winner's circle. I just don't think this race came up very strong. I said this before um, with uh, a horse in the previous races, but I don't know if – or with Big Bean Christine, actually. But I just don't know if this race really came up too strong, and I think this horse ha- – I think Unleash the Power 
has a tactical advantage and can use the speed from the outside to be able to just sit off the speed and hopefully go by and continue to go through the stretch without much resistance. And I, Al Stahl has a winner at the Saratoga meet, shipped him, uh, shipped him up here, has a race over the dirt, uh, pretty decent workout in 41 and 48 and one, 41 and one would have been ridiculous, 48 and one. <laughs> but if, if he continues to improve or at least show a little bit of improvement off the 82, I think Unleash the Power is extremely interesting in this spot. Patrick, I'll let you touch on your second place horse, who I have in third, and then finish off with the number four, who you have in third, and so does Noah. But Shinsun, Barclay Tag, Kendrick Carmouche, they seems to not uh, have too much early speed, but always usually shows uh, his late pace and come running. And that's exactly why I have this horse underneath in second. Uh, this horse, if you watch some of these replays, just the horse seems like the race is started, you know, in the final stretch, to be quite honest. And the horse just runs on. And, you know, I feel like in this type of race um, at this distance uh, could fit this horse well. It might be, you know, pace might be a factor, but um, yep. Shinsun should benefit from this um, distance. I, that's that's kind of my thing. That's why I have that's why I have him in third. Is I don't know if there's necessarily much pace in the race, although he has come running in fifty and three last year at Saratoga. So it doesn't seem like the pace necessarily hinders him too much. But I don't know if I'd be able to trust a horse like this coming from the clouds on a win end where I don't see much pace in the race necessarily at all. But I do have the horse in third and think the horse is extremely interesting. But uh, before we let you go on to the four, Noah, Pete Visco, shout out to you, my friend, co-host on the uh, on the flagship show, the HHH Racing Podcast on Thursdays, dropping in light. We'll get to see him tomorrow again. Just everyone from the podcast family is going to be at Saratoga, and it's going to be an absolute blast. So, Pete, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. The number four forward, Lee for Chad and Gafflian, you both have in third. Um, Patrick, I'll let you touch on a little bit, and then Noah will go to you to finish up here. Yeah, listen, the horse was off a long layoff um, after running on the 1st of July at Belmont in that spot, and it came out of the same race as uh, Shinsun. Um, the horse didn't really show much, uh, but, you know, I'm kind of going off the angle of um, Chad second off the layoff, which he's clicking at over 30%, at 30%, um, in a spot where, um, you know, Tyler can be, um, you know, he, he could, the horse has shown speed, um, you know, hasn't, has it won with showing speed? No. Um, but in a distance of this type, I think, you know, being on the front end might not be the worst thing in the world uh, when there's not much speed to show for it. No. And forwardly, no, I'll let you touch on a little bit, but I think, I think forwardly is the most fit for the distance in this body. You can see back broke her maiden going a mile and three ace at Belmont. Yeah. I was just going to touch on some of, uh, some of his uh, later races, uh, he faced some really nice horses uh, in, the, in the later parts of 2022 and was certainly bet like a contender. Yeah. Uh, and just like, just like Patrick said, uh, with these connections, second off layup, I have to expect an improvement. Well, absolutely. You know, obviously Chad is picking spots for this horse. Second off the layoff gives it gives, uh, gives forwardly a month, but the figures do look pretty slow except for that main win a year ago. But if he can show improvement two off the layoff at four, I think Fordley is extremely interesting. I just didn't like that he was going to take a lot of money with Chad and didn't just look slow on paper, but could definitely be a factor. And don't ne- you don't ever want to lose to Chad on your ticket. The last thing, the last horse I have is the number 10. Jaro for Mike Maker, Irad Ortiz. I have this horse in second. 
I just like those races back in the early part of the of 2023 and the late part of 2022. I know one was at Kentucky Downs, but going a mile and a half at Saratoga to a mile and three eighths at Churchill, this horse just seems like uh, he Jaro really appreciates the distance. And although he hasn't won too much, uh, he's only two for 24. I think this horse definitely could be in the money and will be behind a horse like the number nine. Uh, unleash the power in this spot, but could sit a pretty decent trip from the outside and might be able to use the tactical speed he has to be able to close up and range up. And the horse is working extremely well, shipping up from Keeneland for this spot, but hasn't worked out since June of uh, June 24th, where he ran a bullet at Keeneland. But I'm going 9-10-6. Patrick's going 9-6-4. Noah's going 3-9-4 in this spot. If it stays on the turf, the two MTOs in this spot are South Street for Linda Rice and Jose Lascano and the number 14, Chilino, for Linda Rice and Jose Ortiz. The number 14 looks a little slow on paper, although running third in the Iowa Derby behind 8 Life Grand and Connor. It's really, I mean, rattle and roll. You see in the St. Louis Derby, this horse is extremely well meant for Steve Asmussen last year. Puts him in a non uh, non winners of two lifetime, and doesn't really run. Has not shown anything as of late. The horse is one for seventeen. Puts the blinkers on. Hopefully that will be able to help him out. But both these MTOs are extremely interesting. If you are, if it ends up raining off the turf. But guys, we're going to go into our best bets here. We're making great time. The boss is going to be very happy with us, I'm sure. But we're up to 51 minutes here. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. I know it's a I know it's a pretty quick show and um my maybe a lot of you guys haven't uh looked at the card yet, but thank you all for joining in. Greatly appreciate it. But moving on to our best bets here. Patrick, I'm going to let you go first. Race number 8. You're going your best bet is a double seven with six, seven and then race number 10 win on number one, Detroit city. And if you guys remember last, last win Patrick gave out was the number six, New York thunder winning by half the stretch at five to one. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. I wasn't expecting New York thunder to run that well, but uh, no. Um, yeah. I mean, of course you spot, were, of course you were, no. you knew that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, in this spot, um, I really like Nagarok. Um, you know, I'm not sure what price Nagarok's going to be, so I didn't want to give out a win bet. But if, you know, that's a little bet there. Um, if Nagarok's a good price, you know, I'd bet that horse to win. Um, and then, so I pair him up in doubles with uh, Chasing Daylight, who's going to be a price, and Timely Conquest in the um, in the ninth race. Um, I like both those horses. And with uh, Chasing Daylight going to be at probably 8-1 to one or higher, I figured I'd uh, add Timely Conquest to... Um, should be a lower price and has a shot at winning. And then in race 10, um, I'm going to go with the one Detroit city. Um, you know, I talked about Sias gets that mount and I, I think that horse is going to be on the lead in the turf sprint. Um, I'll take my chances. And, you know, I know the horse is the morning line favorite at three to one, but you know, in that race, who knows who's going to go off at what price? Yeah. I mean, no matter where you look in that race, you're going to get value. Right. So I love that your best bet is a win in like in a race like that, where no matter who you pick, you'll be able to get value. So again, race number eight, uh, Patrick's best bet is a double seven who is Nagarok with six, seven in the next leg and race number 10, a win on the number one Detroit city. Noah to your best bets for the, for the, what the heck just happened on the Friday card. That was weird. 
Noah's best bets are race number seven, a win on the number nine, Solania, Solania, something like that. I don't know. If come at, I'm going to get a pitchfork in the comments. Solania in race number seven, and then in race 11, exact is three with four nine, hammering that 10 to one home. Noah, I love it. Yeah, so in uh, race seven, uh, just going straight win bet with, I think it's Selenia. Um, yeah. I think she... She she still had some left in the tank in that last race, and I think Thomas has got some confidence in this filly. And then we'll go to race 11. Um, if the three takes them around the track, great. You know, I, I think either the four forward lead or the nine unleash the power. Uh, and even this, I might throw in uh, the six Shinson. Um, if either one of them uh, end up passing that horse late, you know, I could still cash for a decent favorite over eight to one. I mean, absolutely, right? You know, anything paired up with that 10 to 1, if he goes off anywhere near there, is going to create value. So even if you have the favorites come underneath, the value is definitely created there. So uh, good luck with your best bets, Noah, this weekend. My best bets, I am going with two, with a win bet and a double as well. Race number seven, I'm going with a win on the number three, Elusive Princess, the Euro coming over from France with Flavian Pratt picking up the mount, the figures fit the, the seem, and especially if it goes soft, the, I'm going to love the euros in that spot. And the number three elusive princess looks to be the best one coming over. So I'm going to go win bet on number three, elusive princess and race number eight. I'm going to go a double singling Carl Spackler, the number 10 in that spot and going in race number nine with number three, big bean, Christine and the number seven timely, Conquest is I think that if Carl Spackler shows the form that he showed before the American turf after giving up getting a pretty bad trip in between horses, I love that he draws the outside. Hopefully, keeps uh Tyler's able to keep him in the clear and put in a really nice run home from the outside. And then in that next race, Big Bean Christine drawing into what looks like a pretty weak field and timely conquest with the upside in that spot. But there's Actually, there's one other horse. Did we talk about? Yeah, we did talk about. It. Never mind. I want to talk about the two in that same race with Lusa Princess coming second to um, Augusta Rodine. But yeah, I do remember that we talked about her. But anyway, guys, like I said in the chat, thank you guys so much for joining in. This is probably our quickest show ever, realistically speaking. But like I said, the boss has been getting a little mad. So we've been trying to go a little bit quick for you. And I got to be on my way home because I hope to see all of you guys in the chat at Saratoga this weekend. It's going to be an absolute blast. And Patrick, I will see you in less than 24 hours. And Noah, I will see you in November for the Breeders' Cup, and I'm holding you to that. Yep. But um, Jim Pilars, great job, boys. Hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much. Simon O'Neill, absolutely always my friend. Thanks so much for being a great uh, – thanks for all the support. Katie, thanks so much for all the support. All you guys that are regulars and all you guys that are new, thank you guys so much for all – the support you guys show us because it really means a lot, especially to us younger guys on this show. For my co-hosts, Patrick Kunstel and Noah Maher, it has been your host, Kyle Roscoe, in episode number 33 of Betting and Boosting on the HHH Racing Podcast. Good luck this Friday and crush all your bets this Whitney weekend at Saratoga. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night.